0: Come on, you got to do better than that. Are you excited to hear the Word of God? Well, I'm ready to preach, to preach God's Word. I, I love the Word. I love the Word. We need to honor the Word of God. We need to love this book. Uh, everything in our life is connected with this book. Uh, my wife recently got a present. She got a smartwatch. And, uh, and how many know there's a lot of things that we have? We don't know how it works until we read that. Manual. And uh, God's manual and instruction for life is this book. And uh, a lot of the mess that we have in our life, in every direction, in our relationships, in our mindsets, in our pursuits, in our goals. Uh, in our generation, we have this thing, relationship goals, and, and our goals are messed up. We imitate the world, we, we, we want the goals of the world. It's because we haven't read the manual for life. And, uh, and I'm telling you, everything that you're searching for and looking for, the answers are right in front of you. And uh, there was a time not long ago where this Word of God was not available. Uh, Only uh, the elite or select few had access to the Word of God. Uh, And now it's more available than it's ever been in history. And yet, so many of us open this Word and and read it and get into it. But I'm telling you, young people, your, your breakthrough is in there. Your victory is in there. Everything is found in God's Word. So as I finish off 2018, in my last sermon for 2018... I hope that I've taught you some tools of how to research, how to study the Word for yourself. Don't rely on Sunday's preaching. Does anyone here eat once a week? One meal a week? Anyone? Ephraim? You sure? One meal a week. (laughs) We know that we can't. None of us can survive on one meal a week. And yet the Word of God says that this is food. God said to, to Jeremiah, open your mouth and eat the scroll that I give you. So it's like a, a food. It's food for our spirit, for our soul. So if we can't survive on one meal a, a, a week, what makes us think we can survive on one Sunday word for the whole week? There's no way. So every day we need to get into the word. I encourage you, young adults. I encourage you, youth, to love God's word. All right. I'm going to share with you what God has laid in my heart for this uh, service, and it's a New Year's service that we we're having an early New Year's service. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve, but. We're going to have ours today, so I'm going to uh, share with you what's in my heart. So let me quickly pray, and as I pray, I just want you to gather your thoughts, collect all your thoughts right now, so we can give God our undivided attention. Very important, very important, because I know that you can, your body can be abs- uh, present in this room, but your mind can be absent somewhere else, wandering over in another place. Your mind could be in your problems or on your bills that you have to pay on your schedule for after church, what you're going to do, on that someone that you have a crush on. Your mind can be in anywhere. So right now, it's important that we bring our thoughts and we just say, God, we want you to speak to us. We give you this next half hour or so to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the year that was, the year that we'll never see again. We'll never see 2018 again. After a few days, Lord, it's behind us now, but we made it this far because you are in our life, and your hand of mercy has protected us, and Lord, we just pray that as we get into your word, the final word that you want to speak to us as a body of Christ, I pray that we give you our undivided attention, so when the seed of your word is sown, that it lands on good soil that produces fruit that we don't let the worries of this world choke the power of your word, or that we don't allow the enemy to to take away whatever has been sowed because we don't pay attention or understand your word. But I pray in this next half hour or so, Spirit of God, that you would consume our thoughts, that you would give us a revelation of your word, that you would take the seed of your word deep into the heart and deep into our soul. May we enter into the new year having a revelation of your word. Bless the time that we're going to have. Spirit of God, move freely in this place. May I not limit you from moving how you want to move. May no one in this place limit Your Holy Spirit. We want you to do signs, miracles, and wonders. We want you to set us free and deliver us. Spirit of God, have your way, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. My sermon is titled, Happy, Happy New Day. I'll get into it, but if you aren't taking notes, Happy New Day is my sermon's title. So I want to begin by uh, mentioning how God has put into motion from the beginning of time certain laws that govern our world. These laws, God, in the creation of the universe and the world, in the space of seven days, yes, seven literal days, He spoke things into being that still govern the world and hold the world together after thousands of years that have passed. So these words that came from the mouth of God are creative words. They're not simple words, young adults and youth. They're they're words that have power, words that have life. That's why you have to understand that the Bible is not just simply words. The Bible is the very word of God. It is the Word of God that can penetrate into the human heart. It is the Word of God that no boyfriend can can mend and heal. It is the Word of God that no girlfriend can whisper to us to satisfy and quench us. It is the words of the living God that is powerful and effective. And we see the motion of God's Word in the beginning of creation. In the beginning, the Bible says, let there be light. And there was light. Why? Because God said so. And I want you to know what God said will happen irrespective of whether we believe it or not. So it's either we're aligning with what God is saying or we're fighting against what God is saying. You cannot be in between. I always say this in every preaching that I I try to make this point clear. Young adults, youth, there is no middle ground. It's either you're for God or you're against God. It's either you're in the light or you're in the darkness. But there is no such thing as being in the middle ground and when we feel like it, we're for God and when we feel like it, we're against God. That is the deception of the enemy. There's something that God has been whispering to me lately about the lies that we're biting into—the lies of the enemy. Just as Eve took that fruit, it's not an apple; we don't know that. Whatever fruit it is, just as she took it and bit it, we are biting into so many lies of the enemy, and we and we believed his lies into our new reality and truth. But my prayer is that the God's word floods our life, that we may have a right perspective of His. His word and what it does in our life. So, God spoke laws once. I want you to understand that. God is God, He's sovereign. He doesn't need our acknowledgement that He is God, He is God all by Himself. Before there were a bunch of people that lifted the hand up to worship Him, God was all good by Himself. The moon and the stars, the Bible says, they worship Him. Night and day, they speak forth of His glory. So God spoke certain laws that govern our world. And one of them was He created the world, the earth that we're living in, He created it in 24-hour periods. Notice that the creation of God is not an accident. There is a purpose behind everything that God has done. He placed the moon to govern the night and He placed the sun to govern the day. And God spoke every living creature God spoke once that they would have the ability to reproduce after their own kind. That is so powerful. He didn't create these animals every time. No, he just spoke once. Let there be a lion. In fact, he didn't even say the specific animals. He said, let the land produce all sorts of animals. Let the land produce all sorts of vegetation. This afternoon, I need you to preach with me. So if you are feeling conviction of God and the word that I'm speaking I want you to shout amen, because the way we receive the word also matters. Amen? So God spoke once that the land will produce all sorts of vegetations and all sorts of animals. And this is the most powerful part of that. I don't want to skip before I move forward, is that one of the laws that God created is that every animal and every vegetation has seed in it. In fact, even when he created man, he created man with seed in him. So that man can reproduce after its own kind. That is why we have so many human beings in the world. That is why the apple tree doesn't need, the apple tree has seed, the apple fruit itself has seed inside of it. So that when it is taken, that seed can be taken and planted to reproduce another apple tree. Amen? I want us to quickly know that there is a relevance of this in our life. If we are sowing hate, we will reproduce hate. Don't be shocked at the fruit of the seed that you plant. A lot of times we expect to produce what we have not sown. We know that the laws of nature, that doesn't work in the laws of nature, but somehow we think this applies in our life. We want growth in areas that we've never invested. We want to see fruit in areas that we've never planted. So as the law of nature that God has created from the beginning doesn't allow that. That cannot happen in our life. A law that governs our world is that every seed has seed in it that, and it produces after its own kind. So that's just a quick remark that I want to make. But what I want to focus today is the design of time by our creator. God is sovereign in his wisdom and his sovereign wisdom. He made it so that we can take only one day at a time. When God created us in the beginning, He made it so that we, we human beings take the day that comes ahead of us, and He did not give us the ability to rewind and go back in time or to fast forward and go into the future. He left that after Himself. But God created and designed man so that we would live in the now and in the present. He didn't create man with that ability as I said so. There is a movie I once watched uh, named Click. I don't know if you've seen it. It's by Adam Sandler. And uh, in this movie, uh, in 2006, I think it came out. But in this movie, Adam Sandler has, uh, he goes to the shops, long story, you can, look, you can watch it yourself, but he goes to the shop in search of a universal remote control. And he wanted, because he didn't know how to use all the technology that was coming up, he wanted one remote that would just control all of the gadgets in his house. And when he went, he encounters this this weird guy that sold him a universal remote that was hidden in a store, but this remote was a special remote. He had the ability to literally uh, control his universe. So, in that movie, if you have watched it, uh, he he quickly discovers that when he presses the, the the functions of the remote, it actually translates into the life that he's living. So, he mutes his dog. That's the first time he discovers there's something weird about this remote. Uh, and then after he discovered the power of it, he went back to the store. He spoke to the guy, and the guy told him what this remote does. And, and he fast-forwarded things in his life. He, he uh, skipped things that he didn't like in his life. And the remote literally impacted his world. He fast-forwarded arguments that he had with his wife. I mean, some of us would love that kind of gadget to be existent among us. He skipped traffic. When he was in traffic that was hectic, he just went skip to the parking lot where his workplace is, and there he was. He he would rewind back to his past and remember certain events that he went through until the remote malfunctioned and began to program itself. So every function that he did, the parts that he forwarded, the remote picked up the pattern, and then it automatically locked it in. And that's when the movie starts to go downhill and he begins to realize the mistake that he's made. He fast-forwarded and missed many years of his children's life and his wife's life. And you know, sometimes we wish that we can skip some seasons of our life or go back and redo some things that we are not proud of. But God didn't design us that way. He gave us today to live. We don't have a function or a way to go back into our past or skip Seasons or circumstances that we don't like, or or, or fast forward uh, seasons that are uncomfortable. God didn't give us that ability, He gave us the now. There is no skipping button, there is no fast forward button, there is no rewind button, and there is no pause button. We have each have what is in front of us. The second that is ahead of us is what God permitted, and He did this at the foundation of the world when He created this world. Let's go to Lamentations chapter 3 verse 21 to 23. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. Lamenting means uh, to cry out. So Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, he's crying out for the nation of Israel. He's crying out for the judgment that's coming upon them. He's crying out for the captivity that they're in and he's lamenting. It is his cries that he's written in this book. But I want to focus in these very next few verses to highlight a particular point. Jeremiah said this, yet I still dare to hope. So before this particular verse is all just negative stuff. It's all about the misery, the doom and gloom. And then he realizes something. He said, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. When Jeremiah remembered this, hope began to fill his heart. And what did he remember? He said, the faithful love of the Lord never ends and his mercies never cease. And verse 23 is powerful. Great is his faithfulness and his mercies begin afresh each morning. How many are glad that God's mercies begins new and fresh every single morning? As we go into the new year, I want you I want to live a powerful principle that will help you to grow in your life. Most of us make plans into the next year, plans like I'm going to change this about my life. Things like I'm going to set this kind of goals and achieve it. You know, 2019 is going to be this. It's going to be a year where I have this. And we make all sorts of plans and and all sorts of things that we we in reality from past experience, we never really get to do and implement in our life. We somehow think that the change in the calendar year will change our life. We have this thinking and this idea that the new year will bring change in our life and that external factor of the calendar flipping will bring an internal change in our life. But I came to tell you and announce to you that God doesn't work like that. Life doesn't work like that. I want you to remember in 2017, the end of 2017, the goals and the dreams and the visions and the things you promised yourself that you're going to change this year. I want to know how many of you really did the things that you set out to do in this coming year. If I can just show, show up hands. I don't know if you're not responding. or, <laughs> But if that's the case, that's a good reflection of what I'm talking about. A lot of us, we have these ambitions, we have these goals, and we think that the appointments that we set will bring about that change. How about this? How about when we think that a change in geographic location will bring a change in our life? How many have gone to another nation, another country, another place, another suburb, thinking that the change in the physical location is going to bring that change that we're really searching for? How about people that, that think that if, uh, if they have a, church, uh, a change in the church they're attending? I met this guy once, and uh, he came here to this church, and he said, yeah, I just want to check out this church, but I've been in five different churches. As soon as he said that, my alert went up. I said, why were you in five different churches? And he told me in every single church that he's been to that they were messed up, and they were really wrong, and this, this, that. And I said, really? So I have your testimony and you've been to five churches and they're all horrible. You know, he failed to realize that the common denominator was himself. You know what Jesus said? He said, deny yourself and then come and follow me. He didn't say deny the enemy. He didn't say deny your circumstance. The greatest person that we need to overcome is ourselves. And a lot of times we fail to realize that because it was part of the curse of the first man and woman that walked into this world. When they messed up, when they did the wrong thing themselves and God confronted them, the first reaction of man was to play the blame game. And we are so good at playing at the blame game. Oh, it is that person's fault, or it is my circumstance, or it is my, my friend that did this. It is that, but we fail to acknowledge that every finger that we point has three fingers pointing back. The real person that we need to check is ourselves. So changing external things don't really bring change on the inside. The principle that I want you to grasp is changing our mindset from a new year mentality to a new day mentality. As Jeremiah cries out at the state of Israel and the Babylonian captivity, he remembered something, that great is God's faithfulness and that His mercies are new every single morning. Today, friends, I want you to understand that you don't need to wait for a new year to change. God has designed time so that you can have a fresh new start, not every year, but every day. God had made it so that we rest during the night and when we, woke, when we wake up, it is a new opportunity to start fresh again. That's how good God is. He didn't, he didn't make an appointment at a certain specific time. He gave us the gift of starting fresh every single day. Partly, I think, I don't know, this is my own interpretation. You don't have to quote me on this. I think because God knew as human beings how, much, how many times we'll mess up. He knew how many times we'll get it wrong Says, you know what? I know you're going to mess up, so I'm going to give you a a chance to start over again every single day. Every day is a gift that God has given us to start over. And to do this, I want to highlight quickly three things and then we'll finish up. Number one, in order to enjoy the every day that God has given us, number one, we have to deal with our past. Are you with me? Is everyone here? All right, let's go to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. This is one of my go-to passages. When I'm feeling down, discouraged, highlight this passage. If you are taking notes, write this passage. I always go to this passage and it really encourages me. But this is what Isaiah said. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell, highlight that word, on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I'm going to explain to you in the context what Isaiah is talking about here. Isaiah, through the Spirit of God, he is looking 150 years ahead of time. What he's prophesying about is Israel in the captivity of the Babylonians. And when he was making this prophecy, the Babylonian kingdom are just beginning. They're not even a powerful kingdom yet. And God is seeing already the reaction of the Israelites 150 years ahead, and He's giving them a message now. I want you to know, young adults, that God knows your tomorrow. He's not figuring things out, He's got it planned out. He knows the things that are going to happen, and He is the only one that can go into the future and into our past. So, in this particular situation, this prophet is encouraging them. He prophesies that God will do a new thing of delivering them. If you read a few verses back, he reminds them that as he delivered the Israelites from Egypt, God is going to do a new type of delivering from the Israelites from the Babylonian captivity. And he's going to do it in the same similar way, but it's a new thing that he's going to do. And he's saying, do not miss it when that happens. He's saying, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And ultimately, Isaiah is known for the Messianic prophet. That's what they call him. Because a lot of his prophecies, they speak about Christ. Matter of fact, Christ himself said, his prophecy speaks about me. So he is ultimately referring to the the new thing that God is about to do in Christ that through Christ, he's going to deliver us from our oppressor, from the enemy. And this deliverer that came through Christ, this deliverance is a forever deliverance. He doesn't need to send another person, but God sent his one and only begotten son to deliver us from eternal punishment and sin. But the principle that I want to highlight here regarding our past is, Isaiah said to them, now when God does a new thing then, Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on your mistakes. Don't dwell on your hurts. Don't dwell on the things that you've done wrong. Otherwise, you'll miss out on the things that God wants to do. The word dwell means making a place of living. Are you with me? So we must not live in the past. That's what the prophet is saying. Do not live in the past. How many of us have done that? We talk about, some of us are in 2018, but we're still stuck in 2006. We talk about the good old days, you know, the days that we, we had fun, This, but we, we're just stuck there, not just in negative things, but even in positive things. The successes that we had in the past, we're stuck in it, and we're failing to recognize the new thing that God wants to do today. So the first point that I want to make is that we need to move on from our past. Let me tell you this. God, I think He purposely designed our body facing forward. There is no function that we have that can look back unless we physically turn back or we turn our neck back. I I reckon there's a purpose in in God creating us that way that he did. That he wants us to look ahead. He wants us to look forward. How many know that you cannot rewind time and redo what you did yesterday night? Some of us are not proud of what happened yesterday night. But what what I want to put into your hearts and into your minds, why stay there? Yes, you messed up yesterday night, but today is a new day. And what God wants from us is to deal with that and move forward with our life. He doesn't want us to get stuck in the failures, in the hurts. Some of us, we've been hurt by people seven, eight years ago, and we're still holding on to that. And we're refusing to move forward, and we're living miserable life because we haven't dealt with our past. Some of us, we've been betrayed some of us, we, we've got grudge against people that had turned into hate and then unforgiveness. I've personally experienced it. Unforgiveness is ugly. If you're here in this room and you've been hurt by someone, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a friend, and you've been holding it, you've never dealt with it, guess who's suffering? You. I learned this the hard way. I was suffering. And I want to encourage you, if you need to deal with something from your past, it's going to hinder you from moving forward if you don't deal with the pain and the hurts of the past. How do we deal with it? If you need to forgive, forgive. Deal with God and deal with man. The principle of life. First deal with Him, then deal with man. That is the, that is the golden rule. That is the, the love that God wants us to have. A love for Him, a love for His people. You cannot detach the two. You cannot say, I love God, but I hate my neighbor or I hate my friend or I hate my brother and sister in Christ. It's an oxymoron, it doesn't work. The way God connected, he joined he said, you love me, you love others. Amen? So we need to deal with our past in order to move forward. Number two, we need to live in the now, in the present. This is the thing that I want you to embrace and understand so that in this next coming year, you are truly having victories and truly achieving the things that God is laying in your heart. It's not about the new year that's going to bring a change. It's the new day that God gives you every opportunity. We wait for 2019. We wait for 2023. We wait for a calendar year. But God every morning is saying, hey, my sister, today is the gift that I've given you. Hey, my brother, today is the day that I'm giving you. And this is a new day. And I want you to make the most of this day. And if we understand this principle for our life, I promise you that you will be a different person tomorrow. Tomorrow. If you embrace this principle that I'm teaching you today, to live in the now, to live in the present. Now let me read for you a famous verse that we all know, but we misquote it so many times. Psalms 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I have misquoted this verse myself. Do you know what, what the psalmist is talking about here? If you read it in context, he's literally talking about the day of salvation that comes through Christ. He talked about the cornerstone that is going to be a stumbling block, and that's Christ. And then he said, we're going to rejoice on that day. That's the day that God made. The day of salvation came through Christ. But it also, the, 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 the background understanding of that is also true, because there's no the scripture other scripture confirms it. That every day is a day that God has made. But let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14 to 16. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 14 to 16. Now, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and your heart so that you may obey it. See, I set before you today. This is what God is saying. Don't miss it. See, I set before you not tomorrow, but today. He said, life and prosperity, death and distraction. For I command you today, To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws, then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. God is making Himself very clear to the Israelites. Every single day, you have a choice. That's what he's saying to them in essence. You have life and death, prosperity and distraction before you. And you have to make a decision every single day of the choices that you make. Do I choose to walk in God's ways or do I choose to walk in my own way? The key to change is the decisions you make today. If you want change, don't mark it in your calendar. What are you going to do about it today? It's not what you plan tomorrow that's important. It's what you do today that's important. Change is not a future event, but it is today's decision. We must get out of I will tomorrow and start doing it today. That's what has made us stuck on so many things. Yeah, one day I will, especially us young adults, young people. I've sat down with so many people, yeah, yo, yo. you know, I'm hearing you, I, I believe what you're saying about God, but God, later, I want to have fun, in my, I want to live wild, I want to ha, have sex, I want to drink, I want to smoke weed, I want to do whatever I want to do, and then God, when I'm ready for him, the deception in that, this is one of the lies in our generation, we're biting the fruit of the enemy, we bought his lie, that it's as if we're in control of our life. <laughs> Look, you can have an army guard protection 24-7, the best bulky security men surrounding you every single time that you're going. You can have the best security and alarm system in your house. Wherever you are, wherever you do, your life is not in your hands. Jesus demonstrated this in the, in the parable of the rich fool. This rich fool accumulated a lot of wealth, and he said, tomorrow I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to put my feet up, I'm going to relax and enjoy all of my hard work in my retirement Hello? That's what our world sells us. Work hard, work your butt off, and then live in your retirement. Who said, I'm going to live until my retirement? (laughs) See the deception? So we are miserable, we we grumble, we do all these things, and we plan to start living on a future event that we have no idea that we're going to get there or not. And he said, Jesus said, you rich fool. He said, you foolish man. Because tonight is when your your life is expired. Tonight is when you die. And everything that you worked hard for, what is it going to come to? Because he failed to realize. He said, you were rich. You're not rich in your relationship with God. And you cared more about your earthly possessions. I want you to wake up young adult and youth. What are you doing today to make changes? Have you fixed your relationship with God today? you know you know my heart my heart is not to prepare people that are just effective here but people that are going to make it to heaven and in our world we have a deception in the gospel that is being taught this grace is being twisted so many ways I, p- I posted a video on my on my Facebook page watch it we twisted grace in so many ways we're in the house of God we live like the world if I put If I put someone that is in the house of God and in the world next to each other, you can't tell the difference. They do exactly the same thing. They speak exactly the same language. They sing exactly the same songs. Everything is the same, but it's just the titles that we put on each other. That is the deception of the enemy. And then we say, yeah, God's grace, he's going to forgive me. See the lie and the deception, distortion of that? That's not what my Bible teaches. The Bible says that if we are disciples, We need to make a decision. There is a cost. There is is a denying of the world. There is a renewing of the mind. There is a growing that God gives us when we are of Him. The change that we need to make is one in the mind. I have spoken about this so many times this year, I'm not going to go back to it. But change always begins on the inside before it manifests, manifests on the outside. Every day we are faced with choices before us. And the choices we make today will impact our tomorrow. Young adult youth, understand this, please. Change begins there. In here, between your ears, in your head, in your mind, in your brain, that's where change needs to, to happen. The Bible is so clear on this. If we don't change the way we think, we'll never change the way we act. We miss it so many times because if we're struggling, for example, with addiction, I used to struggle with pornography. I was a heavy pornography pornography, pornography addict. Lost, tangled my words. Heavy, I was like into porn, like in a massive way. And some of you are in this place, you're, you're still addicted to that. This is not to condemn you, this is to help you to set you free. What has helped me? I first had to understand God's plan for me as a man. And then I had to understand How God created every female. They're not objects like the porn videos show you that they are. They are children of God, created in the image of God. And and once God began to renew my mind and began to give me an understanding of God's word, I began to slowly be set free from that. But change begins there. Often, we're like, I'm not going to watch porn today. I'm not going to smoke today. I'm not going to do this. So we're relying on our own strength. And guess what? Tomorrow, we end up doing it again. But if we remember and we learn, you know, today, God, I want you to teach me. I want to work on my mind. The old life that we had before Christ, he had a way of thinking. And, and, and we need to renew that system of thinking, the hard drive. We need to replace the, the, the memory that we used to have and replace it with the truth. The lies that we believed in our mind about relationships, about living, about goals, we need to relearn living. And the moment we do that, the moment that change begins to manifest. I want to ask you this question as we move forward. What if today was your last day on earth? Think about that for a moment. What if today is the very last day that you had on earth? Can you you just switch on your imagination right now? Pretend that the doctor has called you into his office. He said, I'm sorry, you've been diagnosed with with an illness that is we can't do anything about and you literally have just this day to live so say your goodbyes or whatnot how many of us will have regrets at that very moment if you knew today was the last day are there people you need to forgive are there dreams that you 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 wish you'd have attempted are there things that you know God spoke to you about but you were scared to take a step of faith because you looked at your own insecurities and your own inabilities and you never made are there regrets that you will have so this is the thing that I want you to have. If today was your last day, what are the things that come to your mind that you wish you'd have done? All right, you've got it? You've got that locked in your mind? Now this is my challenge to you. Do it today. Why are you going to wait and make an appointment to forgive someone? Why, you, you never know. Tomorrow you may not have it. Why are you going to wait to tell your mom and dad that you love them? Some of us have never said, I love you to mom and dad. When is the, when is the? why are you going to make an appointment at someone's birthday to tell them how much you care about them? It's like there's this unwritten law that we're like, I want to tell my friend that I really care about them, I want to thank them, but I can't say it because I have to wait for their birthday. I'm serious, that's what we do. Like, we don't tell each other how much we love each other, how much we appreciate. We have to wait for certain events. No, today. Tell the people that you are in your life that are helping you. Tell them that you acknowledge them, that you care about them. Do we need to get a test result from our doctor saying that we, need, we only have a few months to live to get things right in our life? Why put off forgiving people? Why put off serving God? A lot of you here, you're saying, I'm going to serve God when this. No. Why don't you start today? I promise you, you'll never get to doing that if you keep making appointments, but the small steps that you take today, eventually, when you look back, you'll be like, whoa, I've actually, I'm doing what I've set out to do, but if you're always saying, news resolution, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to do this, I've done it myself, I'm going to do this, but guess what, you might be pumped in the first few months, but the adrenaline just wears off, and then you're back to your old habits. So change is not a yearly event, it's a daily event. Amen? I'm preaching better than you're responding. (laughs) Why do we keep making appointments? Let's act today. Let's live today. Let's enjoy today. You can only learn from your past. Check this out. You can only learn from your past and you can only make plans for tomorrow, but today is the only time you can act for your past, you can only learn from it, and I hope that's the only thing that you do. Don't let your past hold you back, but learn from it. You can only plan for tomorrow, but you can only live in the present. And don't be stuck in doing the two. Get caught up about the future that you're not living now, or get so caught up in your past that you're not living now. The last point, and i finish. Number three, we need to trust God for our tomorrow. James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. Now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not, why? You don't, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Just really humbles you, doesn't it? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord... If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If Anyone then knows the good that he ought to do and does not do it. It is sin for them. The last passage, Proverbs 27 verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. We can be so obsessed about the future that we fail to live in the present. The scriptures are very clear that we are not in control of tomorrow. Jesus himself said, Why worry? Matthew chapter 6 Why worry about tomorrow? What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He said, The world runs after these things, the pagans. But he said, You seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let's trust God for our future and live today. So as you make plans for 2019, know that you have no control of what 2019 has in store. You have no idea what that year will bring. You have no idea the challenges that you're going to encounter. You have no idea the hardships, the the good things that are going to happen. You have no control over that. If you're a believer in Christ in this place, have confidence in knowing that your future, your tomorrow is in the hands of God. Do you know what sets me free from not worrying about my future and my tomorrow? I know that God is for me. He's not against me. He's for me. Amen? So if He's for me, even the hardships that He permits in my life are there for a purpose and not as a random occurrence in my life. I know that the challenges that are going to come, God ordained them to build toughness, to build character inside of me. God is not going to let anything happen in our life that is random. You are not in control let alone of 2019, of December 31, 2018, tomorrow. You have no control of what happens tomorrow. So trust God for tomorrow and make choices today. I want us, as we come to the new year, I want us to have a happy new day mentality going into 2019. Not a happy new year mentality, but knowing that every day is a gift of God. Not every year is a gift, but every day is a gift of God. Do you know one of the most brilliant entrepreneurs in the world, Steve Jobs, at the age of 17? It was this realization that changed the trajectory of his life, that made him work hard to achieve the goals that he had. Obviously, he achieved material things and didn't have the ultimate pursuit, which is Christ. But he, he, he understood this principle. He understood that every day is a gift. That he said, look, if what you're doing to, uh, today does not, is not of any, let's just say it's your last day today, and if, if today was your last day, you're going to choose some of the things that you do. True? Yeah? Let's just say today, I knew it was my last day. <laughs> I'm not going to play PlayStation, for example. Some of you might, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time playing PlayStation. If today was your last day, you're going to make sure you prioritize your time to doing the most important things first. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Live each day like, like it's your last day. Yeah. Do you know why? That's the truth. That's the truth. You have no idea when your time expires in this earth. The saddest part is that when we don't know, we we don't know our time, that when we die, that we have not made the decision of what to do with Jesus in our life. The saddest thing for me is someone being in the house of God, hearing hundreds of messages, but never making a decision of what to do with Jesus Christ. My prayer, my friend, Don't be deceived by the bait of Satan, by the lie of the serpent. You are not in control of your life. I know you think you're tough and I know that you think you got your life planned out and you know what you're gonna be doing. You're gonna be making these connections but my friend, I'm telling you, you never know. The Bible says you never know the hour when the Jesus was gonna come back into this earth. He will come like a thief in the night. When everyone is going about the ordinary day, the Bible says that the righteous will be raptured and they'll join with him in the air you have no control over what happens tomorrow. This is so liberating if you understand what I'm saying. This is so freeing. God has given me today, I'm gonna enjoy this day, I'm gonna maximize it, I'm gonna prioritize my time to doing the important things, and the less important things, I'm gonna leave it aside. If I have time for that, after I do the most important things, then I'll get to that. But if you have this mentality that every day is a new year, in a sense, that every day is a new opportunity to start again, you don't have to wait for another whole year to make that decision. But make a decision today. Look, it's come up. I want you to close your eyes as I, as I challenge you to make action, to put action behind what you've heard today. My friends, you don't have to wait for a beginning of a new year to have a new beginning in life. You can have that experience today. Every eye closed in this place. Psalms 84, verse number 10, this is what the psalmist said. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. This psalmist, in essence, is saying if if today was my last day, if I had to make a decision between living with God one day or living in the world 1,000 days, he said, I would rather living with God for one day. It is better for me to be in the house of God this day than for me to know that I can be in the house of the wicked for hundreds and thousands of days. Young Garuts, what are you going to do about what you heard today? Is it going to be just another message that, that you've heard You might even be motivated and encouraged. Oh, that was a good message. And you might even talk about it the next few minutes or so. But is it going to be another message that you just throw away in the back of your mind and and you say, one day I'll get around to it? Is it another message that you're going to make an appointment to make an action to? Or is this going to be the final message that finally gets that, that mentality of waiting for something out of your mind? I don't know why God gave me this word to preach to you but it's been for a couple of weeks and you're not here by accident there's no such thing as an accident or coincidence with God I've learned that I've learned that the things that we rub off as accidents or coincidences are really the hand of God and some of you might not understand this until 10 years from now when you realize it was this moment this moment that you made a decision with God that changed that changed the years that is ahead of you i want to call you to action today if you're here and you haven't dealt with your past if you're here and you're not proud of what happened in the past but you've never got right before god that you've never repented and asked for forgiveness from god why put it off Why make appointments for one day? What if that one day never comes, my friends? If you need to deal with unforgiveness, with people that have hurt you, with betrayal, with anger, you might even have abuse in your past, abuse from a loved one. I'm shocked at the amount of people that are victims of sexual abuse, especially among female. And and, and if you don't deal with that, that will haunt you for the rest of your life. Yes, you can put this Instagram image that everything is fine, but God knows that everything is not fine. God knows that you're still stuck in what happened to you. And God is not saying, forget what happened to you, but he's saying, I can heal what happened to you so that that thing does not hinder you from the new thing that I wanna do. So if you're in this room and you need to deal with your past, deal with it today, my friend. You might not see another day deal with God today, deal with forgiveness today, deal with people that you need to deal with today. The second type of people that I want to pray for is if you're in this room and you're obsessed about the future, you're so much obsessed that you are not living today, you're just always making plans, making plans. You're just working hard, working hard about enjoying life one day, about serving God one day, but it never. how about if it never comes? And some of you in this room, you're, you're really worried about your future. You're really worried about the things that are going to happen in your life, your career, your relationships, this, 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 that. And the enemy has bombarded your mind with worries for tomorrow. I want you to make a decision today that you're going to leave your tomorrow in the hands of God and you're not going to allow the enemy to hinder you at living one more day from this day forward, living with the lie that you need to worry about the future, that you're in control of your future. You're not. And finally, I want to pray for those of you that have made up your mind today. Say, Yo-Yo, I get you, man. I've heard you. I want to live each day as it comes. I don't want to have this mentality that every year I need to make a new year's resolution. There's no such thing. But today I understand that I need to go from a new year mentality to a new day mentality. I hear you man and that's what I want to do. I want to make a covenant with God. If any of those three types of people describes you, don't look for your friend to see who's going to come up, to come. But I'm going to ask you today to make a step of faith and to act what you've heard on.